0: All right, so let's start with uh, the series that we've been in. Does anybody know what the name of the series is that we've been in? All In. All In. Are you All In this morning? Well, you're here, so I'm assuming that you are All In. Those the ones that aren't here that I'm wondering about. Um, How many of you planned on coming to the 9 o'clock service and you found yourself at the 11 o'clock service? Anybody? There we go. Okay, got a few that forgot about the time change. Uh, at about 2 o'clock this morning when I was still up uh, just kind of I couldn't sleep So I was awake and I'm like well if I get to sleep by 2 2 30 I can get five hours of sleep because I won't get up to about 7 30 and suddenly the clock went from 2 Or from 1 to 3 o'clock I'm like, oh, I've got to get to sleep. It's gonna be crazy So uh, I was up anyway, so we've been doing this all in series and uh, Matthew Nicosia our associate pastor. He did a wonderful job of talking about the humility of Christ And uh, the humility that is needed um, To be all in And then uh, uh, last week Tim spoke on uh, uh, On the unity of the church And the necessity of that And this morning I'm speaking on Obeying And submitting Obey and submit You're not all in if you can't obey And you're not all in if you can't submit And you won't submit if you won't obey They're really tied together really nicely And so um Seems a little bit self-serving for me as a leader in the church to speak on you obeying and submitting to the leadership of the church. Doesn't it? Seems a little self-serving, and and it kind of is. But guess what? It's self-serving for all of us. This passage, I'm going to read you uh, verse 17 of Hebrews 13. 17 and 18 i'll read together And then reading from the nasb so if you have a pew bible In your hand it's going to be a little different than what i'm going to read but i preferred this particular Verbiage for this passage obey your leaders and submit to them Why we all want to know why don't we why should i obey and why should i submit Why should i have to do that anybody have that question Why we got to answer the wise, don't we? Listen, this is why. For they keep watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for them. Oh, for you, thank you. It would be unprofitable for you. And then look what he says. Pray for us, for we are sure. Now, he's a leader. The guy writing this is a leader. He's saying, for we are sure that we have a good conscience, desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. So I want to talk a little bit about obeying and submitting, but I thought I would maybe concentrate a little bit more on the role of the leader. And what their responsibility is before you obey and submit. Interesting thing. Next week, March 15th, right here, 10 a.m., we will do an installation service of our new lead pastor, Dr. Paul Crandall. Okay? That'll happen right here. This passage... This, obey your leaders and submit to them. I, as a leader, as an elder in the church, along with Tim Ballstrom and Edwin Chandra and Chuck LaDivodier, we will have to obey and submit his leadership. Where in life can you go where you don't have to submit? Where can you go where you don't have to obey? Oh, you think you're so in charge at your house, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Try doing a little bit over the speed limit with a CHP next to you. See if you don't have to obey. If you don't obey the law, you'll submit to a penalty. A little different take on the words, but that's what happens. So I think that it's very clear that the, the obey and submit the leaders is true for all of us. Not just you. Don't get it in your, in your heads that well how come I got to obey and submit and you don't Larry. Oh no I have to obey and submit too. For one there's nobody on the elder council that the rest have to answer to. Follow that? Uh, Tim Ballstrom is the chairman of the elders. So the leadership of Valley Bible Church is biblically done by having elders lead. We believe that Scripture teaches elder leadership. That's why we have elder leadership. Okay? About 25 years ago, we switched away from a governance of you all voting to it all being led by elders because biblically, our senior pastor at that time and founding pastor did his dissertation, his doctorate on how a church is supposed to be governed and he found out 440 pages later that it's supposed to be led by elders. Biblically. So that's why we do it. But there's no one elder that leads all the elders That's not the way it works even though we have a chairman you have to have order You can't have chaos So we have a chairman who helps set agendas and we discuss it But everyone's vote on that elder board is equal. No one has five votes Their vote is just a vote So we all have to submit to one another constantly Guess who else has to submit? Christ Doesn't Christ submit to the will of the Father? Oh, you think you're so big, you know, you can get to a certain point, now I don't have to submit anymore. Well, you can't get much bigger than God. Well, you can't get bigger than God, period. But metaphorically, or even reality, when you get to the Godhead, Christ is submitting to the Father from eternity past. That's just the way it was set up. So don't feel and don't get your feelings all crushed and hurt when you're asked to submit When you're asked to obey Self-serving though it may be let me tell you something before I was an elder It was easier to obey and submit than it is to lead Where's the responsibility level of obeying and submitting it ends right there You obey and submit your responsibilities are done and God will, God will ask you when he sees you, because he's going to see you eventually, you're going to stand before him. He's going to say, did you obey and submit? And you say, you know, Lord, I did. I didn't always agree, but I obeyed and I submitted. And he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. But when he gets up there, when I get up there, he's going to say, did you lead them right? Did you watch over their souls? Did you care about the soul of the people that I put You in charge over He says to shepherd the flock amongst you If you're here at valley bible church and you're attending and you're a member and you know what you've showed for five months Now you have showed that pastor phil howard retired And for five months you've come you've shown up you keep coming The numbers are bigger this year than they were last year with phil in charge The numbers are bigger in attendance. The numbers are bigger in the giving. You've shown for the last five months you believe in the leadership. You're obeying. You're submitting. Oh, keep doing it. Even though we've got a new man coming, we believe with all our hearts this is the man that God sent. I didn't pick him. Edwin didn't pick him. Chuck didn't pick him. And Tim didn't. And neither did the nine-member committee. God picked him. That's a suspicious-sounding clap. That's sort of, well, I kind of believe that. Oh, no, no, no. In eternity past, in eternity past, Paul Crandall was prepared to be here March fifteenth, two 2020. <clears throat> the term obey here is a very broad term. It means to be persuaded. To be persuaded. How do I persuade you to obey? How can I, as an elder, I'm just a man like the rest of you? I didn't put myself here. No more than we're going to put Paul here. God put him here. God put me here. God put the elders where they're at. He He says in Acts that the Holy Spirit appoints the leadership in the elders. You know, the Holy Spirit is God. You understand that, right? We sang about it. Praise the three in one, right? That's the trinity. So it's very proud. Be persuaded. Trust. Rely on. I'm obeying. You can rely on me to be in obedience. I'm able to be persuaded. If you come in the room and you say, you cannot change my mind, If you arrived here this morning and said, oh, you're going to talk about obedience and submission, huh? I'll show you. I'm not going to do either one. And you know what? If you got that attitude, you won't. You might as well stay at home. Apparently some others felt they should. I gave this title to our office staff. I said, obey and submit. And I think they did submit and obey either way. I think obedience comes first comes first in the passage for sure. I gave the title to them. They said, are you sure that's the title you want to put up on the, on the web? And I'm like, yeah, I'm positive. You, well, you know, that's probably not the kind of title that's going to draw a lot of people. I'm like, well, then God will have the people that are supposed to be here be here. Right. Right. The Word says what the Word says. I'm not going to sell it any differently. Right. I'm not spinning it so I'll get you here. Being here is an act of submission and obedience. Right? Hebrews 10 verses 24, 25 don't forsake the assembling. So you being here that's obedience. That's you being persuaded by the scripture that you need to be here. Amen? Okay. Now that's the Kind of the definition of the word obey. And then the word submit here, very interesting. This particular word for submit, this is the only occurrence of this word in this form in the entire New Testament, is right here. So it's very specific. It's the more narrow word means listen to this. You see if I can do this. This is what it means to submit in this passage. Submit, I need your chair. Go ahead. You need that chair more than me, sister or brother. That's submitting. That's the narrow term that it means. It's saying it means to give room Make room for something or for someone by retiring from a seat. I'm going to get out of the way and let you have the seat. Hmm. Yield, submit. We all kind of know what submit is. We just don't like the word, but we know what it means. Because, you know, in in America and in American churches, I ain't got to submit. I'm an American. I don't have to do what you say. We like individualism, until we need the police, then we like to have some help. <laughs> so I, I, I picked this passage because I just felt like it's one of my favorite passages. And we were talking about being all in. I'm going, you know, you're not all in until you submit, until you obey the leadership and you submit. You're not all in. You can say, oh, I'm all in, I'm all in. I don't want to do what you said, though. And I don't want to do what the Word of God says, but I'm all in. Valley's my, show. Oh, that's my church. Are you obeying and submitting? If you're not, you aren't all in. Now, I know you're all here today, so I may be preaching to the choir. But I am gonna preach it anyway because it just feels really good, me doing it. This is, the, uh, this is the final chapter. Chapter 13 is the final chapter to the book of Hebrews. And leadership is not even talked about until we get to 13. And then it's talked about three different times. So I want to talk a little bit about Uh, Verse 7 and verse 8 And I think someone's up there in the booth Gonna help me put that up behind because I am doing NASB and those Bibles Just don't match up to the wording So um, if you take a look at 7 and 8 He he says there, now this is interesting Because we've just gone through this Is it there? Oh beautiful Okay, so remember those who led you This is past tense They led you How many of you have a Sunday school teacher That taught you the Bible? Come on, if you're a valley, raise your hand. All right. Because he says, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, conduct, imitate their faith. John Fernandez just spoke at our men's conference. He just spoke the other day, and it was incredible. Friday and Saturday, man, I'm telling you, I want to say how incredible it was, because if you weren't there, nanny, nanny, nanny. Okay, and make you want to be there next time Because it was off the chain. It was off the hook. It was great This is a man That when I was 14 and I first came to valley bible church at 14 Which was 48 years ago This man was here and he was 19 and he had just been saved Maybe the year before or six months before But this man started to speak the truth of the Word of God into my life as a 14-year-old. I remember him with great affection because he took the time to care for a 14-year-old boy's soul. I wouldn't be here today had it not been for Dr. John Fernandez taking an interest in my life. Because when my family couldn't reach me, when other men couldn't reach me, because they would point a finger, not my family, but others would point their finger at you and say, are you reading your word? Are you reading the word? Have you been praying? Well, how's your prayer life, Larry? I'm like, I'm 14. I'm trying to figure out how to get a license. (laughs) But this man would come And instead of pointing a finger at me, he would put an arm around me and say, Larry, it wasn't that long ago I was in high school and it was hard, man. I don't know how you're doing it. I don't know how you're getting through high school. Things are changing so rapidly. Things are worse than they've ever been. How are you making it? Oh, let me encourage you to read his word. It'll help you make it. Let me encourage you to pray. It'll help you make it. Oh, you think I don't remember him? I remember, you know what? When I tell him that he's embarrassed, he doesn't remember it. He's older than me, that's why. Amen. Amen. But you know what? Because I knew the man cared for my soul, because I knew he cared about me, I would listen to him. When everybody else, if you pointed your finger at me, I'd go, I'm done talking to you. Keep talking. Mm. I ain't listening but when he cared for my soul oh I'll submit and obey I'll read the word because apparently what you're saying is good for my soul I'm preaching this completely different than I did first service Submit and obey for we keep a watch over your souls as those who will give an account one day You're gonna stand before God and he's gonna say were you able to obey and submit you're gonna say yes, Lord we did we did that And he's gonna say well done good and faithful. I already said this. I know but I'm saying it again, but when I get there He's gonna say did you feed my sheep? Did you keep Christ first? Did you stay in the Word when you preached Larry Howard? Or did you talk a bunch of stories? Did you drift away from the Word of God or did you stay in it? Oh, if I don't do anything else, I want to stand in the Word. Because he said this doesn't return void. This will do its purpose. Not me. This. This is it. So when I tell you this, I have to keep a watch over your soul. Paul Crandall's coming. He's going to watch over our souls. What a responsibility. What a responsibility. Right now, you got to watch over your own soul. But when you're put in leadership, you got to watch over everyone who's under you. soul. And guess what? This is why we tell you, here's a plug for small groups. There's no way four men can watch over the souls of a thousand people. But you know how we do it? We start small groups. And we say, oh, we want your marriage to be good. Oh, I want your family life to be good. I want you to become closer to Jesus Christ. I want to to promote him in your life. I want you to love him the way I love him. The way he deserves to be loved. We're going to put you in a small group where you can be ministered to, where you can minister one to another because I don't have time to visit 250 of you a week. Edwin probably has time. I don't. But remember those who led you, who spoke the Word of God to you and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. Imitate their faith. If you had a Sunday school teacher, my... My, 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 Gary Deaver. How many of you remember Gary Deaver? He moved to Texas. Okay. Here's another man instrumental in my life. He taught me eternal security back at Holy Ghost Hall. I thought I could lose my salvation. This man took me to the Word of God and showed me I couldn't. What do you think that meant to me? From the age of 5 to 14, I think I can lose my salvation at any time. It's not true, but I thought I could. And it began, he began to pour verses of Scripture into my life. And I began to see that once Christ saves you, there's no getting out. There's no getting out of the family when he saves you. I'm all in. And so are you if you believe in Christ. So obey, submit, for we keep a watch on your soul. I'm going to have to give an account and oh I want to stand before him and say I did all I could Lord I told him about Jesus as much as I could I shared the word of God with him as much as I could I made calls I counseled I did whatever you asked me to do Lord we've done it are we perfect no will some of you not get a phone call back yeah that'll happen sometimes my own wife I don't answer her text half the time I'm in trouble with her all the time. So what is your job? Obey your leaders, submit to them. Here's another one that's your job. Because see, I have to do the rest, like the, the rest of that sentence. For they keep watch over your souls as those will give an account. So that's why you should submit and obey, because we have to give an account. And then and, 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 and listen to this. Let them do this with Sadness with disgust, with anger. No, with joy. Let them lead you. Let them watch over your soul with joy, not grief. Not with grief. For this would be unprofitable for you. You see, submitting and obeying has a result at the end of it. Now, he says, obey and submit, and this is why, because they're watching over your souls. They have to give an account. Make their job a joy. So there's lots of little things in there. And then it says, because this would be unprofitable for you to make them the grief. So if it's if you make my job a joy, okay, this section here. If you make my job a joy, all right? What's it say? It says, if I if I'm in grief, that section over there made me in grief. So if you make me have grief it's unprofitable to you. But if you have me joy, what's the opposite of unprofitable? Profitable. So if you make my work a joy by obeying and submitting, now listen, not blindly. That's why we tell you, you read the Word of God. Not blind faith here. And we're not going to lord it over you. Paul Crandall comes and tries to lord his leadership over me. You can guarantee me and him are going to go at it. Because he's told not to lord it, and we are also Can't lord the authority over you I got to constantly remember who put me in authority It wasn't dave howard It wasn't phil It wasn't the elders God put me here Okay, so if if you make my job a joy If you make our work a joy Our watching over your soul a joy What do you think the end result is if i'm happy? What's going to happen with you? It's profitable. You're going to be happy. Try this in your home. My son's right back there. He can, he can amen this. In my home, I did construction for years. I did construction with a really bad back for years. And I lived on Motrin. I didn't take any strong pain relievers, but I lived on Motrin to the point that I could no longer take it. I had a growth in my stomach because of it. All right. So I had to quit I went to some extra strength Tylenol and then that's bad for your liver I don't know what you do. I guess you just live with pain, but but I if if my back If I were to pull it out, let's say it wasn't out all the way But just enough where I could feel it like like it felt like somebody would go like that and it would just kill me I had to keep going to work because when you're in construction and working for yourself Ain't nobody paying your bills if you don't show up to work You guys get this sick pay stuff. I never even heard of that (laughs) All right, so I'd go to work with my back killing me. I'd come home, I'd get home earlier than normal. And I would be trying everything I could to get comfortable. And my poor kids and my poor wife, I wasn't having a lot of joy, you might say. Because I was in pain. I had a physical pain. There was a malady about it. So I was in grief over my own pain. They would come home from school, hey, Dad, what's up? I'd be like, you know, that kind of deal. And they go to their mom they go, what's wrong with dad? Oh, his back. Oh, I'll be in my room. <laughs> Gone. And I'd be in the living room by myself all night usually because Lynn would, she would evacuate also. Yeah, I don't blame her. And another thing, you can ask him, if you lived in my household and you obeyed, It was a happy place to be If you obey, it's a happy place to be But you know when you haven't obeyed You know when you're not submitting And you're miserable in a happy place When you're not there Huh? Can you be happy at Valley if you're not submitting And obeying the leadership? Nope All you'll do is make everybody around you have grief And that takes away all the joy I'm supposed to lead you I'm supposed to care for your souls in such a fashion That it brings me joy But if I'm in joy You're going to have joy Because there's something about Obedience and because is, is this command From me who's, who's making the command You know we don't know who the author of Hebrews was Right A little side story here real quick We don't know who the author is It, it doesn't say So it must not have been really important that we know. That's how I see it. Okay, my brother, Martin, lives up in Idaho. And uh, he started coming back to church about 13 years ago. Now he's preaching and teaching up in Idaho at a church. So it's incredible. All right. It's a a blessing. I mean, every time I talk to him, I'm amazed. Because 13 years ago, we couldn't talk about the same things we talk about now. He wants to share with me what he's doing. Hey, Bob, I'm doing a series on Revelation now. I'm in Revelation. I can't believe all the theology in that thing. I'm like, oh my goodness, where have you been for 40 years? All right, but, but it's so incredible. Because, okay, so he calls me and tells me, that. he goes, hey, he says, I'm doing Hebrews. He's teaching a Sunday school class. And he goes, it's only a small church, like 75 people. And he goes, I can only get like five or six people that have been coming out. That's all I can get out there. He goes, so I, I'm doing Hebrews. So I told him, I said, hey, we're gonna start a new Bible study in Hebrews. And if you come, if you'll come to the class, I'll tell you who wrote it. (laughs) This is one of the biggest theological debates in all time is who wrote Hebrews, right? So they all get there. And now he says it's like 15 people show up. Like that's three times the size. And he gets there and he starts to go into Hebrews and they go, wait, 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 wait. You told us you're going to tell us who wrote the book. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I did. Oh, man, yeah, let me, God wrote it. (laughs) And he wasn't wrong. And he didn't lie to him. It was the truth. God wrote it. So um, anyway, that's a little side story there. But anyway, that's, so that's who wrote the book. And um, I'm confident of that. And now I don't know where I was at. But that was a good side li- line story there. So let me, um, let's walk through here. Um, you know that, let me just make sure I'm clear on this. And then I, I, I've got to hustle, hustle ar- along here. Um, God places us as leaders where we're at. And and then this being subject to others or submitting and obeying, it's kind of like once you get to be, like if you lived in a home like I lived in, I couldn't call my dad, dad, hardly. It was always yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, to my mom. Um, it was a, a very respectful, I, I don't feel hurt by it. I have no psychology things going on from it. I believe it was a great way of, of growing up um, But I wouldn't say you have to do that to your kids I'm just saying that's how I grew up So that was kind of the way it worked But you had this respect thing And you learn to obey And you learn to, to submit To authority over you and up. But in America um, How many of you, you want to submit to authority? How many of you want to submit to the government authority above you? And not very many of us, huh? Hmm. Let me read you Ephesians 5.21. This is just, this is, I'll get to the other one in a minute. This is the easier one. Should be. Ephesians 5.21. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Subject is another word for submit. Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. So, I got a passage for it, right? We got all kinds of passages to tell us to submit. It's all over the place. Fellas, you know what comes right after this? Right after 21. You know what 22 starts with? Wives likewise, be submissive to your husband. Now, we like that one, don't we? Yeah, that's someone else having to submit to us. We like that. We forget about 21. We're just going to jump right to 22, right? But it says to be subject to one another. To be submissive to one another, depending on what line you're in, what order you're in. You know that if I, as an elder, executive pastor of Valley Bible Church, blah, 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 if I come into um, a class that Dave Howard's teaching, by the way things work, Dave has to submit to my leadership and obey my leadership as an elder. Okay? But because I'm in his classroom, I automatically come under him it's a ministry he's leading I automatically come under now I still got to protect the whole flock so if there was something going on in that ministry that I needed to deal with I would still be required to do that but for the most part I when I go to the seniors barbecue stuff I don't go in there and tell David what to do he would ignore me anyway (laughs) I don't even tell Dolores what to do and Otis has been ignoring her for years Oh, no, no, that's not true. I'm sorry, Otis. I don't get you in trouble. <laughs> no, it's my responsibility to come underneath those. When I was at the men's event yesterday, Pete runs our men's event, and he, and he kind of reports up to Matt, and then Matt reports up to me. But when I'm at the event, I'm not telling Pete what to do. I'm, I'm going, I, I listened to Kevin's class yesterday. He was teaching on evangelism yesterday at, at a class. I don't go in there and tell him what I think he should do. It's him. Should, I submit to that. I walk in and go, I'm just a part of the classroom. I want to learn like everybody else. Because you know what? He has a care for souls, so he's, telling, he's trying to tell these men how to live their lives, to live more like Christ. To, one of the examples of Christ is to share Christ with people. And Kevin taught a wonderful class on that yesterday. So the other ones, 13, one is Romans 13.1. This is a little bit more about your government. Every person every person Not some of you and not just the Democrats and not just the Republicans Every person is to be in submission or subjection to the governing authorities Oh wait a minute now Let me make this clear If they're asking you to murder someone you don't have to do that. That's unbiblical That's going against God's direct biblical terms. But this is also biblical. They're the ones that set the tax laws. They're the ones that set the speed limits. You can't say, well, God said I could do 55 in a 35. You can do that, but you're still going to pay a fine. And you might land in a nut ward if you tell people that. For there is no authority in the church, out of the church, In your home, out of your home. There is no authority except from God. Except from God. God places people in authority. He just does. And those which exist are established by him, by God. Whatever authority exists, he established it. Not the elders of the church, not No, no, he establishes it. So that's important to know. So when we say... Can you obey and submit the leadership of this church? You know what we're really saying? Can you obey and submit to God? Now remember I told you this is self-serving Because I happen to be in leadership But it's also the word of God And he happens to lead all of it And so I I think I'm supposed to preach the entire word of God When it comes to me, right? But I have to do this also It's not just self-serving for me It's for everyone And guess what? I want to work in my life and have joy and I think you probably do too. How many of you want to live in grief? Yeah, I I hope no hands go up. No one wants to live in grief. You you don't want to, now if I ask you this, how many of you just love your job, you go to it every day and you just love it, there's no grief at your job. uh, There'd be a lot of hands that go up if I said ask you that question. But when I say, do you want to live in grief? You say, no. You know what? Sometimes your boss makes your, your job harder because they, they are in grief. Maybe some of the circumstance in their life has caused them to be grievous, like even a physical malady, like with my back, with my kids and stuff. I've apologized to them a hundred times. They still won't forgive me. I'm working on it. I'm praying the Lord will help them get a forgiving heart. <laughs> um, but when, when you're at work and somebody's being hard on you, Do you get to then rebel? No, you don't. If you rebel, now you're in sin. That doesn't mean you have to be beaten, abused at work. That's not what I'm saying. But when they're asking you to do a job, and you're, let's say it this way. They're asking you to do work that's in the parameter of your job, and you decide you don't want to do it. Because you know, I'm special. I'm in the union. (laughs) Well, good. Do your job. And work is unto the Lord, right? right. So don't make your boss's job a grief. Make his I'm going to tell you something. If you make his job a joy, you do everything you're supposed to do and you work hard for that man, your job will become joyous. What profit is it for you to make his job a grief? The work's still got to get done. I'd rather him be happy with me than be mad at me. I'm not mad at anybody. It may sound like it sometimes, but I'm not. All right. So the aim of leadership, according to the verse, is that we watch over your souls, right? We do that in four ways. Uh, There's a lot of ways we do that, but I wrote down four. And that's what I happen to have in my notes, so that's what we're going to talk about. The watchfulness of leaders, leaders, to me, has four aspects of watchfulness. Okay? And um, spiritual leaders watch the Word of God. We watch the word of God. We make sure that what's being said and the way that this church is being run is according to the scriptures. Okay? You guys like that? Yes, yes amen. We do because that's, that's our authority. All right? So that's number one. We, we do it according to the word of God. That's how we are watchful. We're watchful to do everything according to what scripture says. Now, does that mean every little thing that's done at Valley Bible Church is a, I can go find a verse for it? No, I can't find a verse for y- should we put solar panels on the top of the building or not? Other than we should be wise stewards of God's money. And by doing that, so that might be a bad example actually. But no, I, it, there's, there's several things probably that we have to make decisions on that we don't necessarily have a verse for. But uh, an actual black and white verse. But we take the whole counsel of the scripture and we use that for wisdom. So, um, but that's one of them. Stay in the Word of God. Make sure that when we're running the church, when we're leading the church, we're doing it according to the Word of God. Number two, uh, spiritual leaders, watch Christ. Everything's about Christ. It's not about us. It's about Him. It's not about anything else but Jesus Christ. How do you get to heaven? Jesus Christ. How do you live this life? Through Jesus Christ. Who are you trying to imitate? Jesus Christ. It's, the whole Bible's about Jesus Christ. Amen. So if we stay in the Word and we... And if we stay in the Word, we're going to be in Christ anyway, right? And that's it just makes sense. And there's some references that I'm going past so I can get through this. Spiritual leaders watch their own conduct. I have to watch my own conduct. Um, I have to do my best to make sure that my actions at ho- here in this pulpit My actions here or when I'm counseling or when I'm here in the building that when I go home, my actions line up I'm consistent in my character Right Like when I'm here, I'm not smooching on my wife. I do that at home. So there are some differences. That's not hypocritical though That's normal. At least in my household it is. Maybe yours is different Okay, so there's there's that one. So there's spiritual. We've got to watch our own conduct and then number, number four that I say is we have to watch over the people. That's a, that's a huge part of our job is watching the people and watching out for you. Shepherds have to watch the flock, right? Uh, if, if we're not careful, you'll be off in a, on a cl- side of a cliff somewhere, right? And what's a good shepherd do when 99 sheep are here and one's off somewhere else? What do we do? Oh, we got 99, that's good enough. No, no, we go after the one. Okay? And that's kind of our job. So that's that. Joyfulness as a leader. Um, Hebrews 13, Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. There's a profit to us having joy for you. Um, we have to be accountable as leaders. And that's represented there in 17 also. We will have to give an account of how we handled you. We'll have to give an account. Did we do those watchful things that were necessary? And, and listen, I have to, if you guys are obeying and submitting, I have to then have joy. I don't get to just be a grump just because I want to be a grump. Right? If, if, my, if, if my son came home and my back was fine and everything was good and he's being obedient and he's doing all those things and I'm still a grump, now I've got a problem. And so we're going to try our best not to do that. I promise you, except for Edmund. Sometimes I don't know with him, but no, he's, he's for sure. And then here's a, a thing I want to say too. I, I just wrote it down. I don't even know why it's in my message necessarily, but I love this, this particular thing. I, I just want you to know that even though we have a huge responsibility, according to what God said even, we, you know, we're going to have to give that account. So that's a different deal. We're, we're going to be treated a little bit differently on that judgment day than, than the regular congregant, let's say. Uh, because of that leadership position I, I don't want you to, to look at us and go Oh you poor guys Oh no 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 We feel so blessed to be in the positions that we're in To be used in this fashion Is beyond what I would have ever thought But I like this First John 5 3 For this is the love of God That we keep his commandments And his commandments are not burdensome So the fact that the elders Have to watch over the souls that, That's not burdensome to us We, we love it Everyone, do you, is it a burden to you? It never feels like a burden to me. The only burden I've ever, I think the, the most burdensome I've ever felt as an elder in Valley Bible Church is when we have to discipline one of the saints. That to me is a huge weight. And it's so hard to do. It's just so difficult to do. We do it because God said we have to do it. But it's not easy. And, uh, and, and I would say that's, but you know what? Keeping his commandments has a promise attached to it. If you If you discipline them You may save their very soul And we're watching, their so- we're watching for souls And so it, when it gets to that point We got to deal with it Alright last thing and then I'll let you go Four reasons for you to obey and submit And then this will be it And we are not done I could speak forever you know that Number one church leaders represent God We represent God Right according to that passage there in uh, What was that Romans that we read it 13, 1 there where he says that we are put where we're at by God, so we represent Him. Number two, and, and he says it in John thirteen, twenty-two. True, truth I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me. Well, that's interesting. That's Christ talking, people. Whoever receives who I send receives me. Hmm. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. So when you receive Christ, you receive the Father because the Father Saint Christ. All right. Church leaders are accountable to God. We're accountable to God. Spiritual welfare of the congregation, that's important. 2 uh, Corinthians 12, 15. I will most gladly spend and be expended for your souls. I will most gladly spend and be expended on behalf of your souls. If I can't say that, I need to resign. If I love you more, am I to be loved less? Interesting passage. 3 John 4. How many of you have been reading 3 John lately? Yeah, I didn't think so. I have no greater joy than this, to hear of my children walking in the truth. As a leader in the church, I have no greater joy than watching some man or woman's life just be completely turned And watch them I I, I can think of a couple that came into my office and I've dealt with them for weeks and weeks and weeks and there was no change They weren't changing. Neither one of them were changing And finally I said, you know what? I think until you guys are in a different spot We need to not meet for a while. You need to you need to figure some stuff out And I and I knew the man wasn't saved so I kept giving him advice from the scripture that couldn't help him, couldn't help him because he can't, can't keep the scripture. Doesn't have the spirit. You gotta have the Holy Spirit, or you can't keep the Word of God. So he didn't have the Holy Spirit, so he couldn't do it. And his wife was becoming frustrated, and it was back when I said, "Okay, let's just stand down for a while," and we begin to pray for this man. And they weren't even together at that time. Multiple affairs, and what a mess. And then God interrupted this man's life. He opened his eyes to the truth of Scripture that Jesus Christ has died for you, and he got saved. They're back living together, and they do ministry here at Valley, and you would never know that that's the same couple. I have no greater joy than this to hear of people that I've worked with my children walking in the truth. Love it. Church leaders receive joy, not grief, if we lead correctly, and if you obey and submit. And then the church, you, you receive joy because it's profitable for you. It's profitable for you to submit and obey. Anybody got an example of one of the greatest submissions ever? And Matt talked about it in humility. Was when Christ, submitted to the will of the Father, came and took on flesh, and submitted to the Father's will, And because of that, you can be called a child of the king. You got adopted into the family because he was willing to submit and obey his father. It's incredible. This is the greatest love story ever. Hallmark ain't got nothing on this. But Philippians 2.18, let me read it to you guys. You too, I urge you, rejoice in the same fashion because he's saying he's being poured out as a drink offering. Rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. Rejoice is what? Isn't that a joyful thing? So if you're able to rejoice, you're going to share the joy of rejoicing with me. When I stand up here in this choir and we sing worship songs to you guys and we prompt you with the words and I watch you start entering in and I watch you start rejoicing who God is through music, and I see your faces, it lights me up inside. It gives me such joy when I see you having joy singing the truth about our, about our Father and Son. And God. Man, what an incredible thing. All right, I'm over. There's a shock to everybody. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the truth of your word. I can't find any other book that tells the truth. Not like this. That I can be confident when you say if you'll obey and submit it'll be profitable to you. I can believe that with all my heart. I've done it Lord. I've watched you bless my own life by me just saying I don't know what they're doing but I'm just here to submit. I'm just here to do the will of the Lord and if this means I'm following after you men I'm just going to follow. Lord you've made it so that here at Valley I've just been able to follow all these years I've followed and I never even questioned it. Because I knew that the men that were leading us cared about our souls. At times they cared more about my soul than I did. And Lord, it wasn't just, they cared just enough to get me saved. It's not a one-time care. It's an ongoing care. And you put that responsibility on the leaders that you placed, but then you said, no, I will be with you. Lord, if you don't go with us in leadership, we're in trouble. But you said you'd be with us. And so we care for your people. We love them. Oh, let us, as a new guy comes, let us be a church that's known for submitting and obeying. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much.